How are we doing today, guys? This is the Armchair Referees Podcast. I'm the man, the myth, the legend, the man that wished he had 22-inch guns, Bay Cockley. And I'm the co-host, the man with the burner accounts, the one, the only, Chip Bayless. All right, Chip, we are diving right in this today. We're two spitting balls of energy right now. Absolutely. You know, we, we got some major, major fun stuff to talk about today, but... On a serious note, we are going to be starting off with the Cedric Benson tragedy. You know, guy dies at 36. It, his career could have been a heck of a lot more. But, you know, the little bit that he did spend in the NFL, he definitely made an impact. Absolutely. Um, Cedric Benson, uh, longhorn for life, hook him. Um, it's very, very sad to lose a player like that, especially at a young age. I mean, yeah, 36, 36 is, is definitely... Especially like like you think now like players these days like thirty six still have a whole life ahead of you like there's so much more like life and like the road to life just goes on but it's just like for Cedric Benson to be in that kind of a tragic incident to lose his life and um, some of the stories I actually heard about Cedric Benson um, I believe this was during his time with the Chicago Bears um, he was doing like an autograph session and there was like people in the crowd like pushing these kids and Benson automatically stopped. Like he was just like, look, I'm going to get these kids like their autographs first before I get to like the guys like our age. Yeah. And that just goes to show like the character of Cedric Benson. And I thought that was pretty, like I thought that was honestly a really cool story I heard about him. Yeah. And you know, Cedric Benson was like one of my favorite players whenever I was growing up, you know. Um, I liked him a little bit more when he was with Chicago. Yeah, I think that's where he really broke out was when he was with Chicago. And a guy that is originally from Wisconsin, and I, and my mother that is a huge Green Bay Packers fan, <laughs> I watched a lot of Cedric Benson growing up. <laughs> twice a year, twice a year. Um, but just his running style. Uh, there was that He was just one of those backs, that's what I like to watch. Like the old school power yeah, back. old school power back. You know, a guy that's not looking to break it right outside right away he's a north south runner he's going to put his shoulder down and, and he's going to truck you yeah either he's going to truck you or you're going to get the tackle but no matter what you're going to be feeling him after that tackle exactly so um just a tr- tragic event that happened you know especially nowadays where just about anybody's living up until their 70s 80s you know a guy to die at 36 had plenty of life you yep. know but sad story you know we're gonna we're gonna miss him. Wish he could have lasted in the league a little bit longer, but you know, absolutely, things happen nowadays. It's it's a tragic thing, but we're gonna dive into a little bit more of a much happier note, and we're gonna be talking a little bit of XFL. It is back, baby. XFL is back, and I cannot wait to see how this goes. Honestly, the first time you think about it, it kind of real gin. And then you just eventually knew it was going to die off eventually with the NFL taking over. They really didn't have the talent. They I really, they really didn't. Was. And it was just like you, you see it now in like today's like modern day society and football culture. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. With with the characters that the NFL, just the NFL alone with some of the characters they have on these rosters, but they could even get a hint of that in the XFL, and then. Throw a WWE twist on it. It's oh, 
So what I'm saying is for like these like events like for football games, the WWE should honestly have like if during like the XFL Bowl, basically the Super Bowl of the XFL, WWE need, needs to have like a pay per view in that city along with the XFL Bowl. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine how much like how much revenue? Yes, just, revenue, just off that. money, attendance. Like it is going to be crazy. See. I think it was, what, last year, Ocho Cinco and Terrell Owens were, like, over there hitting up the New York Giants. Be like, hey, if you need some wide receivers. <laughs> you need some wide receivers, you know, like, hit us up. Know, hit us up. I would be okay with Ocho Cinco coming back because I was I was, I was, was picking on Ocho. I was picking on Ocho Cinco. I'm like, no, Chad, we don't need you back. Like, you're brittle as shit. Like, you're an old man. <laughs> That's okay, like T.O. You might like, die. <laughs> I see T.O. Uh, now. Like, I still think the dude can play. It is absolutely crazy how, like, great he keeps himself in shape. And bring him back. Bring him back. Bring Ocho Cinco back. And you know what? And while you're at it, bring back Steve Smith. Because all I have to say Ice is Robo. Son. Robo. <laughs> His little <laughs> freaking canoe he had rocking there. Yeah. Uh, just, I think the XFL can, if John, they do it right, if they do it right, it's going to be insane. Now, me and Fake Hockey Lee here have a little. It's an ongoing bet. It's a little ongoing bet where we are going to pick one of the XFL teams here, and we're going to—that's basically going to be our ride or die for the season. Like, there is, if our team struggles, we cannot go to the next team, no matter what. No matter what, like this is our ride and die team. And I think this is the best way to do it because there's no rosters out. No, that's the best thing. Exactly. Like, it's like you aren't just picking players that you know be like okay well i know these players they were fairly decent in nfl they were fairly decent in college football this team's looking the best out of all of them so we were basically playing a little game of like a a russian roulette here exactly so but it's xfl roulette it's xfl roulette <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll, we'll definitely start calling it that from now on so fake hockey Lee, you have the first pick who is going to be your xfl team ride or die you know, I was looking at the Houston Roughnecks, but you know what? The St. Louis Battlehawks. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad pick because I was honestly looking at the Battlehawks. I mean, it's a cool name, St. Louis. It's It's got the grit. Like, it's just perfect for St. Louis. Um, but my pick, I'm probably going to go with the Tampa Bay Vipers. Okay. Okay. I kind of like the color scheme there. Yeah, the color scheme. I definitely like it. Um not really sure like i mean the v i get it kind of looks like a snake i mean oh it kind of looks like yeah kind of like a snake the viper yeah but you know um the the one thing i wish that xfl would have done is almost kind of like how they um crap what the heck was that league you say perfect every single freaking time the uh, aau yeah the aau i wish they would have went to a little bit smaller markets like the aau did in a way, um, mainly because, so like, you so got, basically you had like the Orlando's, the Memphis, yeah. the not not like super small, but areas that didn't have teams, kind of thing. Yeah, because they're going to Dallas, they're going to Houston. Those are that's a, those are two tough markets because you have two prominent. And NFL plus, you teams see the XFL there. here. There is a team in Los Angeles. There is a yeah. team in New York. There's a team in DC, um, Seattle. Just some decent cities you got here, where mm-hmm. it's like the AAU took like the smaller market approach, where it's just yeah. like you had like the Orlando's, the and I think at Birmingham, 
Yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham, Alabama. I said, wasn't that the team Trent Richardson was on? Yeah. 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 It, Bur- I love the fact that Birmingham got a team. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's just – like, like here, the other two thing. wasn't even like it was Alabama, like Alabama pumps, out pumps out football. NFL products. Exactly. Why wouldn't you have a team in Alabama? It, it's perfect. It's perfect. Like – I get it. A lot of people they screw with Alabama. <laughs> like when people say Alabama, they they think one or two things. Roll they, tide. Roll tide, or you screwed my sister. <laughs> like, but Birmingham is a perfect like. And isn't that where they have a, the Reese's uh, Senior Bowl for the con- like during the draftees? Yes, like, yeah. yeah. And then they have um, the craft. No. Oh wait, no. I think that's Mobile. Mobile's the senior. yeah Mobile. Mobile. Yeah. Yeah. Mobile. Mobile, Alabama. What a shout out to uh, Forrest Gump right there. <laughs> but uh, it's, I, I, I like it. Like, you know, I think they should have kind of went with that. Like, I get St. Louis because St. Louis has an arena already built. They can reuse it. St. Louis doesn't have a football team. I like that. Uh, Tampa, but, like, all these other teams outside of St. Louis have an NFL team in it. And I think that's going to make it a little difficult for the XFL the first year. All right, so the next question for your team, who would you have as a head coach? If you could pick any former coach, NFL, college, whatever, who would it be? How about not former at all? Not former at all? Not former at all. So you want someone off the streets? Someone off the streets but has a football background. Okay. I I like where you're going with this. And... (laughs) My pick is the human joystick, Dante Hall. <laughs> okay. I I think he would be a perfect coach because if you look at his background, okay, he was a highly recruited kid out of high school. Yeah. His college career was okay. Okay, yeah. And then he was okay at Texas A&M. First onto the scene in the NFL. Entered the NFL. This is a guy that had to bust – his chops exactly to get, to, just to even stay in the NFL you know he start got drafted as a running back but whenever he got drafted as a running back he like the moniker was already out there that he was going to be a return specialist struggled struggled his first two years in in the league and then Dick Vermeil came over to Kansas City <clears throat> Sent him over to NFL Europa. You remember NFL? Oh Europa? yeah, I remember the old NFL Europa. I remember watching that on NFL Network. <laughs> like, did you have like the Galaxy? The oh, I'm trying to think of the other names. I could just think of the Galaxy. That's all I could think yeah, of. Yeah, like Frankfurt had a freaking team. There, I think Scotland had a team at one. It's like the Admirals, I believe it was. Yeah, there was Admirals up in there. Galaxy. Um, but he he played a year in NFL Europa. Came back and just took off. And, he, and from there, from there, you know, this, this is a guy that can. Because let's be honest, the XFL is going to get a lot of nobodies and nobody wants wants them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guys that either didn't get drafted or has already been cut. That's early too. Like you look at some of these guys in the NFL now, where they're not making practice squads, they're not making the fifty-three man roster. Mm-hmm. Give these dudes a job. Yes. You know it's. So they're going to get a lot of that, and 
Dante Hall is like one of those perfect guys to be able to teach him how to do it. Because I think that's that's one of the biggest things in coaching <clears throat> is you can draw up X's and O's all you want, but you have to find a way to connect with these players. And the guys that and you gotta have, have the players it, to actually go out and yes. perform the uh, X's and O's. Yeah, and the, you know, also being able to you know, as I said, connect with these players. You know, Dante Hall can connect with a lot of these guys, and just sit back and show them like, hey, I did it, you can do it. If you bust your butt and you put your knuckles to the ground, you can do whatever the heck you want. Exactly. So that's real that, grit. That's a grit <clears throat> attitude. Yeah. So, like, that's my choice. Now, Mr. Chip, <laughs> who is going to – who would you like to see coach the Tampa Bay Vipers? Well, you know, if I, I was actually looking into this and I thought, you know, the Dante Hall approach, that's not bad. A former NFL player, I liked it. And I figured, you know, being St. Louis closer to your Kansas City area, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a little bit of Tampa Bay flavor. I'm going to go with my favorite football guy, fullback is a position. I don't care what anyone says. It's still alive. I think I know go. where you're going with this. I'm going to go with the man, Mr. Mike Allstott. A-Train! <laughs> that guy was a beast. Allstott, another one of... He, he was one of my favorite players... Another one of my favorite players growing up. Is, is that he fits that moniker that I loved watching. Uh, absolutely. North and, and south. Trucks you. Put the shoulder... I'm going to make you hurt. Exactly. I think with his attitude and to bring it back to Tampa Bay, I think it would be great. Um, like you said, I mean, north-south runner, he's just got that tough, gritty attitude, and that's just what I love about Mike Allstall. Like, fullbacks these days, it's just a dying position in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it's it's such a shame because, uh, like, during our time, like, growing Full up ba- watching, like, we had, like, the Lorenzo Neals, the Mike Allstotts. We had um, – the Leonard Weavers, mm-hmm. um, Lorenzo Neal's, like, and then even if you, I know Jordan Bettis was a halfback, but he was built like a he fullback. was built like he a was, fullback. But that's that's the same thing like Mike Michael. He could have been a running back because he was a do it all back. The guy could catch out of the backfield. Yes, he could run block, he could pass block, and he could definitely just well give me the ball and see what I'm going to do with it. Exactly. Yeah, it, I like it. I like the pick. I like the pick. Probably should have gone with it. <laughs> but uh, for my defensive coordinator, for for my St. Louis uh, Blackhawks, I, w- I would like Battle to Hawks. see Kevin Green. Kevin Green? Okay. I like Kevin Green. Just his energy. Like, that guy's energy. That's the kind of energy we want in a defensive coordinator. Yeah. A guy that's not only just going to get in your face, but at the same time, he's going to motivate the shit out of you. Like, have you ever watched, like, you know, tape from back, uh, from wherever he was still playing, and it was just him stretching? The guy was insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he, he was like Ric Flair, but, like, 200 pounds more, like, heavier. <laughs> and the blonde hair, too, like, especially, like, when it just glistened in the sun. I mean, it was just absolutely It was such beautiful. a shame when he cut that. Because when he was, was. With, when he was with, like he he still has shorter hair. Especially now. with like the days when he's with the Steelers, like it was just perfect. And then he goes yeah. to Carolina and just cuts it. I'm like, what are you doing? Exactly. And then like he comes back to coaching, he still has short hair. And it's like, no, dude, grow it back out. <laughs> um, but anyway, if I had to go with my defensive coordinator, 
I know it didn't really work out with him being a head coach, um, being with the 49ers. Um, oh, I know where you're going with this one. <laughs> throwing a little 85 Bears in. Oh. I'm going with Mr. Mike Singletary. I like it. Monsters like the it. Midway. I like it. I was honestly looking at Brian Urlacher, too, there, but I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, Singletary, I could see him getting, like, in players' faces in case something goes wrong and just, just lashing like out on him. him. How much money do you want to bet that Rex Ryan gets another coaching gig in the XFL? You know, honestly, I could see it. I could see Rex getting a job. Like, I, I, don't, I just don't know if he's going to give up that gig at ESPN, though. Well, my, my thing is I think Rex wants to get back into coaching because – Honestly, if you were a head coach, I mean, I think I think Rob Ryan's still out there too. I think he's uh, coaching with the Redskins now. I think yeah. he's either the defensive line coach or defensive coordinator for the Redskins now. But like, if you were a head coach, put yourself in Rex's shoes here. You were a head coach. You had all that success in Boston College, and then as soon as you get into the league, you have you get a taste of the success in New York, a big market that New York is. Plus, he's used to it. I mean, he coached the Jets. I mean, that market, the New York market alone, is it's a tough market. So, and then you go out the way you did in Buffalo. Do you really want your coaching career to end the way his coaching career ended in Buffalo? Absolutely not. So, I'm telling you right now, I think he's chopping at the bits. I'll put money on it just because the way the kind of guy Rex is. Yeah. He probably already has. Vince, he's priority sliding Vince McMahon's DMs. Oh, easily. <laughs> Get me interviews. I want to coach. And just his personality fits the Fits XFL. the XFL. Big if time. the XFL is going to be the way it was Loved. the first time. Loved Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan's going to fit in perfectly. <laughs> this is going back to his days with the Jets when the Jets had hard knocks. I absolutely loved Rex Ryan and hard knocks. <laughs> he made that hard knocks entertaining. Well, you remember the cheeseburgers. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Got a group of guys going out to get cheeseburgers. <laughs> get freaking cheeseburgers. cheeseburgers. Now let's go eat some fucking lunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see uh, what kind of players that they're actually able to, to attract to, to the XFL and see where, where it's really going to go. Now, quarterbacking situation-wise, would it be, would you try to bring in, like, a Johnny Manziel, a Colin Kaepernick? No. A Jamarcus Russell? I could see Jamarcus Russell coming out, like, you know, getting signed. But... If he lays off the burgers. Yeah, if he lays off the burgers. Because, <laughs> like, let's be honest here. He's about one happy meal away from being a tight end. Well, so is Eddie Lacy, but he got to stay in the league. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you get what I mean. Um, I would love to see Nathan Peterman. The Peter <laughs> meme. The Peter meme. I would love to see Nathan Peterman come over to the XFL and just tear tear it up. So, like, 350 yards and, like, two touchdowns. No, I'm talking, like, 554 and, like, three touchdowns and maybe a pick. <laughs> maybe a pick. you got to have that one pick. Peterman throws some stupid picks. Let's be honest here. But, like, I, I would love to see guys like that come come into the league. Like, I, I, I get it. Peterman has a pretty sweet gig in Oakland right now. He, I think Chucky's going to make him the backup. 
Yeah, because during his time in Buffalo, it was just like Sean McDermott just – It just didn't it fit just his didn't play fit, style. No. But, it, you know, it's just just his last preseason game. He looked really good. Mm-hmm. He, so, it's that I would love to see players like that come in and make the league very viable. I'm worried that they aren't going to get that kind of talent in. And it's just going to be a shit show. So but you think the XFL is going to fail again? If they don't bring in the correct amount of talent, yes. But at the same time, I think just because the way Vince McMahon is, I think he, like he, he's had plenty of practice with this. If they do storylines and stuff like that, but you know, not just determine a winner right off the bat, yeah. literally play the game, but find storylines. To be able to work into it, I'm going to be glued to my seat every single every single week. Oh yeah, and that's like what I was saying earlier too. It's like you got to have like WWE events at like some of these mm-hmm. cities that they're like do like even a primetime game. Like oh yeah, have like a Thursday or like a Monday night primetime game, and then have like Monday night Raw. <laughs> it just brings up so much money. Right, and, right after it. Right after, yeah. Are, are we? T- are, it so can like, even be before Raw. Are you saying, like, the? what about this? Like, the teams that finished dead last, right? They should go up to Flint, Michigan and play in the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl? If you want to go ahead and say that, yeah. I mean, you take the two worst teams and put them together and let them duke it out for the first overall pick. I mean, go for it. <laughs> I think it would be something different, you know. I, I I think that's the one thing the XFL needs to do. They need to try to branch this thing out and be 100% original. If they don't, it's going to fail. If they try to ride an NFL type of landscape, they are going to fail. Miserably. Like, look at the CFL. Look at Canadian football. The reason that they're still around and they're successful not just because they're in a completely different country, you know. That 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 completely different country isn't that freaking far. Yeah, you know, you know I mean, yeah, we're bordered. But what makes them different is the way they play their football. It's still football, no matter what. It's still football, but receivers are able to get a running head start. Same with the arena the football line. league. They they have the old school goalposts where it's right in the middle, middle of the, the end, zone. end zone. You know, it's that's the thing the XFL needs to do. If they make it their own thing, they're gonna be fine. If they don't, it's gonna it's gonna crash and burn again. So from one possible circus to the next topic, um Jerry World. More drama going on in Dallas. I, I feel like there's always drama when it comes to Jerry Jones. Absolutely, and no matter where he goes, there's always drama. So the Cowboys decide and sign Jalen Smith. They gave him the contract. Yeah, they gave, they gave him the contract, and then I read last night that they offered Zeke big money. Which so I I think it's smoke and mirrors. I honestly, I'm to the point where I'm just thinking they're going to eventually trade him. But where would he go though? That's the thing. It's a good something to look forward to down the road, but. I'm, like I said, I'm just to the point where I think that I, the Cowboys and Zeke Elliott, I think it's time for them to part ways. Because 
I think what Jerry's trying to do, he's trying to pull, you know, um, almost like what they did with Herschel Walker. You remember when they traded him to, mm-hmm. to Minnesota? Minnesota. I think he's trying to load up on draft picks. <clears throat> but the thing is, it's it's a different era. Draft picks mean something now. Yeah. You when can't they, just, did, when that they trade, did the drafts back then, it just... When they did that trade, Jimmy John... Jimmy Johnson was able to do that because no team looked at draft picks that valuable. No. Jimmy Jimmy revolutionized the draft and what and how to build teams. Cuz no other team was doing it the way he was doing it. No. So I think now Jerry is trying to do that. And so it's Jerry's, not going to work. Jerry's trying, Jerry's trying to go back in time. He's thinking it's the mid-90s again. Yeah. Right. Same as okay. every other well. Dallas Cowboy fan out there. <laughs> That's right. I'm talking to you, scumbags. <laughs> go, birds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to get my Philadelphia. I, mean, I had to get it out. I apologize to our Dallas listeners. <laughs> <laughs> He's not always like this. No. Are you, Chip? No. I, I try to keep it contained. <laughs> Please come back next week. <laughs> but anyhow, I, I think that's what he's trying to do. I And it's not going to work. It's just one of those things where it's not going to work, and it doesn't help that the league right now, there's not too many teams that are really hurting that bad for a running back. Like, you could have said Oakland last year, but they they drafted the guy that they seem to like. Yeah. Arizona has Dave Johnson. Who at times was possibly going to be on the trade block. Yeah, but I think they're going to continue to ride that that one and see how it goes. Um, Arizona Sandy. could be a po- – I mean, Arizona could still be a possibility. I mean, if – if if they really get David, David Johnson, Johnson goes down again, it goes I think down that again. Him into. Yes, yep, exactly. <clears throat> uh, San Diego has Melvin Gordon. Speaking of Melvin <clears throat> Gordon, where's he at? Actually, don't answer that because I'm pretty sure he posted a video of him at Popeyes trying to order one of the new chicken sandwiches that was <laughs> ended up being sold out. But this dude's out at Popeyes. Zeke's going to Cabo, Mexico. <laughs> There's some issues in the league right now when it comes to running backs. I don't know what these dudes are doing. It's just like they're following the new trend. Remember what Coach said last week? It's the new trend. It's the new trend. They saw Le'Veon Bell do it, and that man got paid. I just (laughs) – of all places to go, Popeye's Melvin (laughs) Gordon? Come on. You can fit – like, come on. You can afford something much fancier than that, man. Like, jeez. I mean, I get the whole chicken sandwich trend between them and Chick-fil-A, but it's like, still, dude, come on. I get it. But, yeah, I, it, it's a new trend. But, as I said, there, there's not really anywhere that they're hurting for running back that much. No. Like, even Kansas City, where there, there was an L.A.-based uh, uh, sports re- reporting kind of thing that I had seen. I was scrolling through Facebook. I can't remember the name of them. But they they listed Kansas City's running back core as the worst in the league. And I still don't see even Kansas City trying to trade for him. 
just because I I actually kind of like Kansas State's backfield right now. Because you kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, you kind of got like the Andy Reid like build through the draft kind of. Mm-hmm. And I see, I, I wish the Eagles would do that. I understand we drafted Miles Sanders this year, mm-hmm. but it's like you picked up Jordan Howard from the Bears, and then the year we won the Super Bowl, you went through Legarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi. For the futuristic wise, hopefully Miles Sanders is the answer. But uh, I really like Corey Clement. I think you guys should give Corey Clement. More I like carries I than like Corey Clement too. I just wish that he would go back to his 2017. Yeah, form. Yeah, like I I think I think Corey Clement is that I think if you guys gave him more carries, I think he would. I think it's just one of those things where. When you guys were running that three hundred that three headed backfield, I think he's one of those guys that the more carries he gets, the better he gets. Exactly, and that's the way he was in Wisconsin. So that's that's just my personal take. But as I said, there's not really anywhere Zeke can go. Most teams are dead set on what their backfield is already. No team, as of right now, is really looking at that backfield going. We need a Zeke. Because at the same time, are they really going to want to bring in that much of a headache? Or a distraction right, in the right locker now, room. Right now, when you're trying to cut down your 53-man roster. roster. yeah. And this guy hasn't even touched touched the ball yet. No. This offseason. Not even, like, you know, this preseason at all. So, and the same thing with Mel- Melvin Gordon. How much... How much longer is San Diego going to, like, hold out here? Which, obviously, the thing is, San Diego does have some have some webbing room there. And, that, and that's because Melvin Gordon wasn't the only back in that offense hmm. last year that was averaging over five yards a carry. Their third string running back. Their third back string running back was, was averaging getting... five, yards, five yards a carry. So, that's where they're... They're looking at him like, we technically don't have to pay you. Yeah, you are the better back out of all of them, but we can get the same production out of the other, uh, out of the other two. So, and that's it's, the, like, it's the running back position in general, too. It's just a, it's just the point where you get these guys, you wear the tires out, and then you can restock in the draft. Mm-hmm. You can get your guy. Say, like, you're not going to find – like, I mean, maybe you find a guy like Ezekiel Elliott there, like the fourth overall pick or something, or – you can get guys and like say like Jordan Howard in the sixth. Perfect example. So it's we'll see. We'll see. You know, there's still where are we we're at what what? Week three of the preseason? Yep, we're in the middle of week three of the preseason. So which to our next topic, preseason. Is it are we getting close to the end of NFL preseason? Like just NFL preseason dying in general, like is it no. You don't think so? No. Uh, I think they have a nice happy medium of the four games. Because, because there there was a there was the talk of them having the possible 18-game season mm-hmm. and possibly taking out at least one of the weeks of preseason. So it would be like a three-week preseason instead of the, the usual four. I think they need the four weeks. That That's just my personal take. If you shorten it. You aren't getting that great of looks in like actual gameplay of most of these most of these players. And I understand that because like you look at game threes and game fours of the preseason, it's just like you're really looking for those like 
back of the depth chart guys. Like you want to be able to find that guy in the like the fourth string, the fifth mm-hmm. string. Well, look at the, even the special like even special teams guys like guys for kickoffs or punts. Like you're looking for those guys. Like who are the guys that's going to go out there and make the plays, and who's the guys that's going to step up and say, you know what, this guy here, I can, I can. Uh, how should I say this? I can rely on this. I guy. can rely on this guy to get the job done on Sundays. Yeah. Well, look at Victor Cruz. He made the team because of his Week Four preseason. That's the. If he if they don't have that fourth week week of pre of preseason, does Victor Cruz even make the New York Giants team? Does he become the player that he that he became? And do we get introduced to the salsa dance? Exactly. So you know, as I said, I think they need those four weeks to get a legit evaluation of game speed, game pressure, in the preseason to evaluate these guys. If they short it and shorten it in any way, they're going to be in trouble. And that's another thing. I don't think they need to go to an 18-game schedule in no. the regular season. That's just asking for players to get for players to get injured. more injured. At week 16, the half these guys are already burnt out. And there was already talks too. Like you had some some people talking, maybe even possibly have like starters doing like 10 games a year or something like that, and then mm-hmm. just sitting out like the rest of the year. It's like, what would be the what's what's, what's the, the point the, of that? What's the fun out of that? Like, so what? then then the playoffs roll roll around and they haven't played in six six weeks and they're rusty as crap and their team's struggling like they went from being like possible playoff contender to now you're on the possible Mm -hmm. outside looking in of the wild card exactly yeah it's it's like college football i like the way college football has the length of their schedule set up because that gives them the leeway to be able and you better be listening to ncaa here to give us that college playoffs we deserve. <laughs> put the top fifteen in there. Top ten. At least give me the top ten. I'll put take. 10 I'll teams. take top. Put top put, ten in. Put ten teams in that college playoffs, and let them duke it the heck out. Plain and simple. The the teams that win their conference, so the big winner of the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC. Uh, Big 12. Pretty much just the power conferences yeah, in general. The power conferences get that by. And I think that the American Athletic Conference should also get that. The American yeah. Conference. Yep. With you know UCF and teams like that. Because there are good teams in that conference. You got Louisville. Louis- you, I say Louisville's you in there. U, uh, UFC. There are good teams in that conference. Then they deserve to be in that discussion. Plain and simple. So you give... Those five, those five teams right there, an automatic buy. So then you give the teams that like come in second. So like if they so have like, to play for it. So like Alabama wins the SEC over Georgia. So you're gonna have Alabama and Georgia also in the playoff. That that's if. I guess that's where it would be hard because. So basically, the second place team of the conference, like whoever came in second in that conference, would also have to be in. They would also have to be a guaranteed in that. But like a guaranteed if they're bid. not in the top ten, that's where it gets sticky. But then again, it makes things more complicated for the committee because the NCAA playoff committee, it it just gives them like more of a mm-hmm. hassle to like go back through the schedules, look at the look to see which teams have that black eye, like that terrible loss they had 
like a last second field goal mm-hmm. or last second touchdown or or maybe even got blown out like say like for this year's like Ohio State like you got blown out by Purdue. Purdue smacked them. That yes. wasn't a blowout. That was get up over my knee. You're in trouble because I'm beating that ass. That's what the hell that was. That was dad's coming in. Those he's pissed are games, off from work and the belts are off. That's are, the kind of beat down he took. Those are games right there, like black eyes I'm talking about, like on a resume. Like these teams that try to get into the college football playoff and they submit the resumes and they sit there and look at that and they're just like, you got your ass beat by Purdue. Yeah. No way you're going to get into the playoff. Yeah, it, it's – but at the same time, I don't think Ohio State's team was really that great last year, and that's why they got blown out twice by teams that had no business, technically, on paper, blowing them out. Mm-hmm. But it happened. I, th- I think Purdue has a damn good team. I think their program that is running, on the up and up that again. That back of theirs. Oh, oh. Ooh, that defensive line of theirs. Lorenzo Neal's son plays on that D-line there. Scary. That, may, that is a big boy playing nose tackle. Now, I think he needs to smarten up a little bit. The few games I was able to watch uh, him play in, um, he made a lot of stupid mental mistakes, just getting just stupid penalties. He took a lot of stupid penalties last year, a lot of personal personal foul, stupid stupid penalties that shouldn't. He should have known better, especially for uh, – because I think he's a junior. For a guy in his junior year, should have known better. But – We'll, we'll see. As I, I like Purdue's program right now. I think they're on the up and up. Um, so Don't even get me started on my Penn State knitting line. <laughs> well, we're, I, I we're getting off totally, topic here. <laughs> I am totally up in the air with Penn State and where this program's even going with James Franklin in the future. It's just like he's getting the recruits, but they're not – we're not going to be up there with like the Ohio States or – the Michigans or yeah it's so I'm very kind of middle of the road right now with Penn State me personally I think you guys need to get rid of Franklin you think it's but that's time? just me I, I think that's just me um but I I We'll we'll save that for another day. Yes should I say because uh, we kind of we kind of got off topic there a little bit yeah, um <laughs> Is that Zeke? I think Zeke's done in Dallas. I think him and Melvin Gordon are going to pull Le'Veon Bell. They're going to sit out. They're going to the sit out for a year. And they're, they're going to find a, a team contract. that's going to give them their pay. Okay. As Coach said last episode, it's the trend. Plain and simple, it's the trend, and there's really nothing we can really do about it. They've seen it work. And they're going to continue to do it as long as it works. So, we'll see. Uh, but while we're still talking about the NFL football, um, we're going to be putting a poll up on our Facebook page. Make sure that uh, check check it out. Uh, it's the Armchairs Referees uh, Facebook page. We're going to be we post up on it daily, or at least we we attempt to. But. Um, when this when this goes live, we're gonna put the poll up on the page to make sure you're gonna check it out. Whose mustache is the best? <laughs> is it Baker Mayfield's or Aaron Rodgers? So did you see the picture of Aaron Rodgers the other day? I did. Came in, freaking denim Dan walking coming up in, in the, with the <laughs> rocking the Canadian tuxedo. 
<laughs> I don't know how you cannot hate on that. You can't because like that mustache is perfect for the denim, uh, the denim Dan look he had rocking there. And then you look at Baker Mayfield's, and it's like, I, I, I dig it too, but at the same time, it's like Aaron Rodgers with a Canadian tuxedo. I can't deny that. Like, you just got to have, like, the swagger. Like Baker Mayfield, there he is wearing, like, his Cleveland Browns practice jersey. He's like, yeah. But then I see Aaron Rodgers in a Canadian tuxedo, and I'm just like, that's my guy. <laughs> that's my man. So you're, so you're picking Aaron Rodgers' mustache? Absolutely. See, I, I'm gonna, I'm going with Baker Mayfield, just because like he kind of reminds me of like this old school gunslinger, and he has that little handlebar right okay, there. Okay, so he's got so he's got like a little bit of a Hulk Hogan thing going. Can you feel me, brother? <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do when Baker Mania runs wild on you? <laughs> and I think Baker Mania is gonna run wild this year. So uh, it's so like my question in the last podcast. Brown Jr. I think they're going to make playoffs, but I think it's going to be one of those things where they don't win the division, they squeak into they a squeak wild card into spot. Wild card. And, and the reason I say that is because I feel like the AFC North is going to become this AFC South. It's going to be all four teams are going to be scrapping. They're going to be for... beating the crap out of each other, except for the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to be the first round pick this year. <laughs> I don't know. I got to go with the Miami Dolphins on that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think they're going to be battling out for it. I I just don't like Cincinnati's roster. I don't think they're anywhere near where they need to be to even venture into a playoff spot. Well, you got to figure too. It's the first year with um, their new head coach. Uh, uh, Zach Taylor, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the Red Rifle, this will be his last year in Cincinnati. He's just, I don't know what's been. Because, heck, they were. His preseason re- has just been god awful. Oh, he's been god awful the past three years, but that's besides the <laughs> point. <laughs> uh, like, there's one, I shouldn't say one, There, there's two glimpses of. Okay, I shouldn't say two. There's there's three glimpses of hope in Cincinnati, and they have the pieces to build around. Boyd at wide receiver. I like I I like Boyd. Oh yeah. I, I think he's going to be a, a damn good wide receiver and a potential Pro Bowler for years to come. Yeah. Mixon, at in the in the backfield, I I like how he he plays. He he's more of a north south guy, but. Don't let him fool you because he, he has some elusiveness to him. And then Jesse Bates, the third, there at safety. That That is a guy you, you want playing safety for you. Because so, he's not afraid to lay the wood. Oh, no, he's not afraid to lay the wood, and he's actually pretty decent in coverage, and he's not slow. So those are the two building blocks you want at – on your defense and and your offense, they have the pieces to be able to do it. Yeah. So, um, give Cincinnati a few more years, but if they if they pick first, I'm telling you right now, they're going quarterback. So they are going to. So you think Cincinnati's all in for Tua? I think Cincinnati's all in on Tua. 
or maybe the kid from Oregon that was going to come out this year, the Herbert. Yeah. Uh, who's Clemson? Who's that Clemson's uh, quarterback? Uh, that's too early. I'm pretty sure he – wasn't he a freshman last year? He was a freshman last year. So you, he'll you be really, a sophomore. You really, you really think he's going to come out after this season, though? Yeah. That's the trend, man. These quarterbacks are coming out young. I, I understand that, but – I don't know, man. I think I think I want to give the kid from Clemson a couple. Maybe, maybe wait till after junior year. I think he's going to come out after junior yeah, year. Yeah, I I think he's going to have an excellent year again. He's going to read the draft stock. Okay. Teams are going to need quarterbacks. This is true. He's coming out this year. After this season, I. He's going to come out. I promise. Mark my words. Mark my words. Jotting it down. Jot it down. You heard it here first. <laughs> By fake. Fake Hockley. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I think the Dolphins are just going to be – they're definitely going to be within the top three of the draft next year for sure. They, they're definitely my lock for a team that's definitely going to struggle in 2019. And I think the Dolphins are going to be picking top five for the next three years. Dolphins are the new Browns. Even when you think Brian Flores, you, you don't know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not buying into the I'm not buying into the floor. The, Bel- the Belichick tree. <laughs> I'm not. See, here's the thing. I've seen the Belichick, the Belichick tree fail way too fucking much to believe in it. I feel you. Name me one successful coach that has come from that Belichick tree. I mean. And I swear to God, you say Eric Mangini, I'm going to smack you. Absolutely not. (laughs) Why would I dare say Eric Mangini? Absolutely not. Well, you did beat him. I completely forgot about Eric Mangini, to be honest. (laughs) No, but honestly, if I have to say anybody that's even coming close to. I just got to give props to Vrabel right now in Tennessee. Uh, But he didn't coach under. I understand that, but he still kind of came from New England, like still part of like the uh, New England I culture. Too, and... But I'm talking coaches straight from the tree. I can't say anybody then. Exactly. Because you, you think you look back and it's like Josh McDaniels, like no, like you said, Merrick Mangini, who I completely even forgot even would like existed. Exactly. That's that's what I'm getting at. That's that's what I'm getting at. I've seen too many guys come from the tree and absolutely bomb. So I'm not going to buy into Flores until you prove it to me. That's a challenge there, Brian. Make the Hawkmeister look foolish. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope you're listening, Brian. (laughs) If you ever want to come on the show, we'll gladly take you. All right, guys, I think that's going to be all for us today here at the Armchair Referees podcast. Again, I am the one and the only Chip Bayless signing out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. And this is the fake hockey. As I said, check out our Facebook page. We're going to be uh, recording every Friday, and it should be up every Saturday. Spotify, iTunes, we're still waiting for iHeartRadio to pick us up. But we'll always share the episodes from our platform, Pippa. So... Check us out. Keep tuning in. Give us a like. Like, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Hook us up. Be the next Johnny Menzel in our ratings. You guys have a great night.